Hey everyone, and a special hello to everyone listening via Twitter right now, and welcome to episode 3 of Who is Neil? Today I want to tell the story of what happened to me over the last week on Twitter and discuss censorship on the platform as it relates to myself and tech-powered accounts like Neil Turner. This week I have been running a script, a small computer program, which I will explain later in this podcast, that has allowed me to beat out Neil Turner and other trolls and be the first reply to Trump and Clinton's tweets. As my replies to Trump and Clinton's tweets started to gain significant traction, I began receiving mass amounts of hateful tweets from Trump trolls. This led a large number of these trolls to group together and continually report every post I tweet from my account Nathan T. Bernard, as spam. Now, spamming is not what I am doing, no more so than what Neil Turner, Jason Bergkamp, or any of these other Twitter accounts that are constantly the top replies to Trump and Clinton's tweets. On top of that, I'm not posting from an anonymous account like Neil is. I represent myself and solely myself. These trolls are reporting me because they don't agree with what I am saying, which is odd because this podcast itself has no political agenda. It's about bots, trolls, Twitter, and technology. Regardless, they still constantly accuse me of being paid by Clinton's camp, which I'm not, and sending constant threats often to do bodily harm to me and members of my family. As a result of these trolls coming together and constantly reporting my Nathan T. Bernard Twitter account and tweets from it as spam, I started to get shadow banned on the Twitter platform. I'll explain what that means later in this podcast. And Twitter now has revoked my access to their API. The API from Twitter gives me access to Twitter's data stream and allows my script to post replies to Trump and Clinton before trolls like Neil. This really frustrates me. The reason I'm being reported is because these trolls simply don't agree with what I'm doing or they don't like it. Again, it is no more spam than what Neil Turner or Jason Burkamp are doing and these accounts have never been banned or had any sort of access to their data or API revoked by Twitter. This whole system is entirely broken. If you don't like me, just block me. That's how Twitter works. You choose what content you want to see. These trolls are using the same bully tactics that they do in real life at Trump rallies and elsewhere to get together in mass and push down messages aggressively that they don't agree with, and I think it's total and complete bullshit. Before we get into shadow banning and the results of my tech test as the number one reply to Trump and Clinton, let's review what I chatted about in the first two episodes for anyone that's new. Episode 2, we learned that Neil Turner is not actually Neil Turner, but he is a real person, not just a bot. Receive this message from my source. Source. Hi Nathan, I like your podcast on Neil Turner, quote unquote. You're right that the account is fake. Like so many fake AstroTurf accounts, one often can find that their persona is fake slash stolen by flipping the image horizontally and then running the result through a reverse image search, such as Google Images or TinEye. Intrigued for the same reasons as you, 
I did this after observing that quote-unquote Neil Turner's phone camera location on his iPhone was in the wrong place. In addition to the very poorly and obviously photoshopped stock hat picture on his head in his profile account picture. The other behavior. I also shared how I had already begun receiving a lot of trolls, hate, and negativity after posting episode one around Twitter. Another liberal ranting. Let's make Nathan exposed episode one. This old man, referring to me, is obsessed with this brilliant young man, referring to Neil. This abomination made an entire podcast about Neil. And finally, hey cuck, fuck you. I then put the tax and trolling I'm receiving in context by sharing some info on a Twitter war that Trump waged with Ted Cruz okay, during the we're primaries. we're going to go back through the tweets so you can t- get the chronology of what's going on here. Uh, there was a super PAC, an anti-Trump super PAC that had nothing to do, no connection with the Cruz uh, campaign that tweeted out a beautiful picture of Melania Trump. Uh, but Cru- or, uh, Trump wasn't happy about it, and he went after Cruz and said that he was going to spill the beans on Heidi Cruz because of this. Here it is. Lion Ted Cruz just used a picture of Melania from a GQ shoot in his ad. Not correct. Be careful, Lion Ted, or I'll spill the beans on your wife. There's been some back and forth, and then apparently Donald Trump has retweeted a side-by-side of Heidi Cruz and Melania Trump. Uh, A lot of people find that to be, um, you know, less than appropriate. I think those are the words that Cruz used. Uh, You could see he's upset about going after his wife. Now we have a new tweet from Donald Trump that he has just put out about this as well. He says just minutes ago, I didn't start the fight with Lion Ted Cruz over the GQ cover of Melania. He did. He knew the pack was putting it out, hence lying Ted. AB, he has disavowed it. He has said they never had any communications. This is an anti-Trump pack. It's not a necessarily pro-Cruz super pack. They want no connection to this. Does it matter? Now in this episode, I'm going to talk about exactly what shadow banning is. And then I'll share a conversation with my brother, Logan, about the script we wrote to get the number one reply spot to Hillary and Trump's tweets and our experience with shadow banning and trolling as a result. Finally, I'll share my own opinion on why I think this type of censorship and trolling is important to be aware of now and especially for the future. Enjoy. start, let's talk about what shadow banning actually is. Shadow banning is when Twitter censors your tweets without banning you from the platform straight out. They remove your tweets from public search, as well as at times allow you to reply to tweets, but they are not viewable by the public. So you can see your tweets and replies on your own profile, but the public cannot see them in the general home stream, or again, they will not be searchable on the platform itself. The whole concept of shadow banning has been deemed a conspiracy theory, and for good reason. It's been promoted by extreme conservatives as a way to demean the amazing value that Twitter brings and justify their ridiculous conspiracy theory claims. 
One example of a critic is Milo Yiannopoulos, an extremely, extremely conservative tech editor from Breitbart. Breitbart is basically Trump news at this point. Instead of talking about the real issue of what does free speech mean in the digital era and having a reasonable debate about that, people like Milo choose to use the concept of shadow banning as a way to justify insane conspiracy theories involving government and tech. Let's take a look at what I mean. So you're going to lose it. You're going to go. There. So look, I don't want to lose that. And I, and I don't want to be banned on Facebook. And I, you know, we put our videos up on YouTube, obviously. Mm-hmm. I saw last week uh, or two weeks ago, there was this organization that does translations from Arabic. Uh, and they, all they do is translate what uh, imams are saying in mosques in yes. the Middle East. Yes. Uh, or killing, uh, killing all the Jews and killing all Sounds the gays. Sounds like a lovely them. job. And they got banned for hate speech. All they do is translate the hate speech. And well, enough people... But liberals don't want you to know what the Muslims are saying. They don't want you to know what's happening in these mosques. Because if people knew about it, they might be less happy with this, you know, this huge influx of immigration. They might be less happy about having their own perfectly reasonable points of view censored uh, and, and mischaracterized as hate speech. I mean, this is what the left does. It mischaracterizes um, ridicule and criticism as a abuse and harassment. It can mischaracterizes perfectly valid ordinary anxieties that regular people are justified in having yeah. as hate speech. I'm looking out on the world now and I'm thinking people like Tommy Robinson from the EDL. He's been in, on the show. Right. And I'm thinking there were some things he said in the 90s and whatever it was, you know, okay, fine, too much. And the violence is obviously obviously unacceptable. But I'm listening to him now and people are like, oh, Tommy Robinson, you know, is racist bigger. I'm listening to him now. I can't find anything to disagree with. I can't find anything to disagree with it in, in the speech when he went to, to at Oxford University, mm-hmm. mapped out his his life and what he, how he saw his community changing and how he saw the police uh, either hamstrung or actively lying about it, the government lying about it, the media lying about it. Um, all this stuff is now playing out on social media. And the scary thing about these companies is that they are totally, um, totally, uh, uh, they are in lockstep with government. Facebook, Germany. Lockstep, yeah. you know, with with uh, with Merkel. Yeah, Twitter. isn't there a video of of Zuckerberg? Yeah, there's and a Merkel recording talking. of Merkel and Zuckerberg. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, Twitter here lockstep. They, they they have meetings all day every day with this week. You know, with with, um, with government officials at lockstep on this stuff. Um, I don't know what they're going to do when when Daddy gets into the White House, but um, <laughs> but no, it's terrifying. I should tell people when you say Daddy, you're talking Trump. Just for the people that don't know all your everybody, lingo, everybody. just yet, you're everybody. referring to Trump. We'll get to. I'm referring to, to the God Emperor. To Trump, and just the say. God Emperor and his right. incoming Trump and Reich. So I've realized if I accomplish nothing else with you while sitting here. I want you. We've accomplished nothing so far. We've made nothing happen so far. But I want you to at least make. That was Milo. The guy is a complete and total nut job, just spewing ridiculous theories. But the question that should be raised is what is Twitter's role in free speech on the internet, and what exactly does that even mean for the world? Is it a news source censoring content in an effort to remain unbiased? For example, conservative voices are getting too loud, so you tone them down. Vice versa, liberal voices are getting too loud, you tone them down. Or is Twitter a place for free speech for all, and all other social media for that matter following suit, where the users themselves decide what content they want to censor, which is what I always envisioned for Twitter and the internet at large, and which is why I love the platform and the internet and technology so much. And if it is this, then how does anonymity with accounts like Neil play into the concept of free speech? 
Before I share any more of my opinions on that, though, let me share an interview with my brother Logan where we talk about a test, like I said, that we are running to be the number one reply to Trump and Clinton tweets. Just two people sitting in a room, a little bit of technical ability, and this will give you a sense of the scale behind people like Neil who use tech to influence messaging and alter the old idea of true individual free speech as we know it, with anonymity, focused messaging, and hate. said I had an interview for this part um, will be a little bit different because I haven't put any interviews into the show yet so this should be fun um, here with my brother Logan as I said and we put together a test where uh, we wrote a little script to see uh, what type of impressions and views we would be getting if we were the number one reply to both uh, Hillary and Trump so Logan uh, I want to say hello to the Twitter audience here hello hacker and residence here at who is Neil Industries Yep, I've uh, got the hacker in residence here. I've been doing it for quite some time. Pretty exciting. And so, um, like I said, we wrote a script. We wanted to test the number of impressions we could get if we were up at the top. Um, and mostly just beat out our friend Neil and take back the top. Uh, so maybe say a little bit about how the script works, if you want, Logan. So basically our script replies to any tweet coming from Hillary Clinton's Twitter account or Donald Trump's Twitter account. So no replies that they do or no mentions of their Twitter account, only their direct tweets. Yep. So, and we wanted to see if that would give me a boost and everything. And so, I mean, it didn't take us that long to build. How long did it take us to put together? I mean, I came in with a basic framework and then, I mean, you basically built everything. So how long did it take? A couple hours. Uh, really only a couple hours and then we kept expanding it, which took a bit more time. And so, um, yeah, I guess we can kind of just walk through chronologically what happened. So uh, Thursday morning, we wrote the script like we were just talking about. Uh, Thursday mid-morning, the first tweet came in from Hillary. And, I mean, maybe we talk a little bit about what happened with that. So first tweet comes in from Hillary. We get the first reply. Neil is bumped down the list, bumped down the totem pole. And then we immediately started to get a lot more impressions. Yeah, I think, I mean, in the first hour from getting the first post on Hillary Clinton, who gets less traffic than Trump, we had about 10,000 impressions right off the bat, and also hundreds of new listens on the podcast, because each post was just a little bit of saying, hey, find out who Neil is and listen to this podcast if you want to find out more. Um, So ultimately, trying to get some listens on the podcast, and it worked well. Um, so now, you know, 10K impressions in an hour, we could start to get a sense of the type of scale that someone like Neil was consistently getting all the time when he's running these scripts. And he's been doing it for months. Um, so that's kind of mid-morning. Um, in the evening, we missed a couple tweets. We altered the script a bit. 
Yeah, we just kind of squashed some of the bugs that were there and tried to improve it so it was more stable. A little bit of maintenance, basically. A little maintenance. And, you know, by the day's end, um, that evening, we had almost 120,000 impressions on the tweets and over 1,000 new listens on the podcast. So, again, you can see, and that's from one day, we're starting to get some serious scale. Over 100,000 impressions is nice. So the next day, uh, we wanted to do a little bit more of a new test, and so we maybe talk a little bit about you know what we added into the script for a bit. Right, so then we started replying to Jason Bergkamp and Neil Turner, and engaging their audience, and then all of the people that are interested in their commentary, basically, all on the direct tweets coming from Hillary and Trump still. Which is pretty cool. And with that, I mean, we started testing the replies. Uh, we started to see big jump in impressions, tens of thousands of impressions, more than we had before, partially because of the extra layer of replying, but also because from the day before, uh, we started you know, getting layers of being the top tweet consistently. And that's what starts adding up as well, because you can start seeing us at the top whenever you go to any of these tweets from Hillary or Trump. So here comes up, you know, because this episode I was talking about censorship, I'm talking about like shadow ban. Um, So in the evening of Friday, Hillary goes on a tweet storm and, you know, you remember what happened with that and everything? Yeah, so we started... Uh, not seeing our tweet as the first reply, which stung a little bit after having conquered Neil's tweet script. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so we were getting shadow banned, so we weren't able to see our, our replies on that direct tweet thread. Yeah, which, which was a bummer, because Neil was back on top and trying to stifle him. Um, and she tweeted about 15 times in a couple of minutes, and you know it became clear pretty quickly that shadow ban was definitely enacted on us for whatever reason it could have been lots of trump supporters pointing to us and you know flagging us as spam probably you Mm -hmm. know um could have been that we were sending out a lot of tweets quickly with the same messaging on to her tweets um but you know it came back to it of the fact that none of the tweets were going through and now when you search the hashtag, for instance, who is Neil, and I'm the one tweeting about it the most, those accounts, you know, the tweets from my account are no longer searchable. So, purely shadow banned, pretty obvious, and pretty disappointing, frankly. And it kind of raised the question for us of like, you know, why isn't this happening to accounts like Neil? Why is this happening to me? Um, there's been a lot of other kind of extreme, crazy conservatives, which I've talked about in the show, that have, you know, pitch shadow banning as a conspiracy that Twitter's doing up with the government, um, and that's given it kind of a bad rap, but there is censorship going on behind the scenes that a lot of people don't see, uh, which is, you know, not something that I think um, is above board and, you know, definitely doesn't sit well with conservative or liberal users, I don't think. Yeah. You know, it's kind of sitting in the middle. So anyways, regardless... End of Friday, um, we, despite being shadow banned and missing a couple of the last few tweets, and as we had turned off the script, we still ended up with over 350,000 impressions on our tweets, which is a lot. Pretty good. Pretty good. Um, 
Yeah, so I mean, Saturday morning, we wake up, we had gotten those 350 on Friday, um, and we're worried that we're going to continue being, you know, blocked from replying to Hillary or Donald, which didn't make any sense, but, you know, that didn't seem to be the case. We're still able to reply, the script was still running and everything, but all the tweets that we had sent out prior or anything from my account still is currently not searchable on Twitter. So again, you know, it comes back to it of issue of censorship, issue of not being transparent with the type of censorship they're doing. Um, and yeah, it's, it's a problem for sure. that interview a few days ago, before my account's API access got revoked. Before my access got revoked, though, I was closing in on over 1 million impressions on my tweets per day, and I was getting over 2,000 new listens on the podcast almost daily. Today, Wednesday, July 13th, I'm still shadow banned and have no access to the Twitter API. Therefore, I'm not able to reply on top of Neil with my script to Trump or Clinton's tweets. So now, for everyone that's conservative that's listening, you can see it goes both ways. I'm liberal, and I got shadow banned. My access got revoked. But not only that, now it's clear that the shadow banning and access revoke is driven by angry, trolling Twitter users not being happy with what I have to say, and reporting me on really no grounds at all as a result. That's not free speech. That is not the idea of an open free internet that I know and love. That's bullying, and it's ridiculous and childish. I have the same right as Neil Turner, or Jason Bergkamp, or Trump, or Clinton to express my views with the tools, skills, and technology I have at my disposal. Just because you don't agree with it doesn't mean that you try to shut someone down. It means you have a reasonable debate, you ask questions, and you learn about the other side's opinion. We're living in a highly volatile, changing landscape in this new digital era, where trolls in real life and on the web can group up, bully, and shut down, drive messaging, just the way that they want to hear it. I just hope that both sides, liberal and conservative, on the web and in real life, can find a way to have open and honest conversation without hate, discrimination, and bullying playing such a prominent role. Apologies for this episode being so filled with opinion, but like I said, I'm frustrated with the bullying, with the trolling, and with the censorship. In the next episode, I'll keep you all updated on what's happening personally with me being censored, and we'll also share more information that I have received via direct messages with Neil and from my sources about who he is and why he is doing this type of work. Until then, happy hunting. <laughs>